Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you'd also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you. Uh, If you're brand new, we are so glad you are here, and you could not have picked a better Sunday than to be here today to come to Freedom Church. Uh, We uh, exist to reach people to know God. That's why we exist, and I praise God for that. Let's give our great God a great hand that we got to be here today, right? All right, we've been in this series called No More Insanity, and you and I both know when we think the age-old definition of that, doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting different results. I think we've all been there, done that, probably got the trophy. Uh, So we've been in that. Today I'm going to wrap it up. This is the sixth installment of this. And if you're here and you're part of FC all the time, or maybe you're brand new, uh, I want to challenge you, if you haven't downloaded our app, be sure to download our app. That's where you'll be able to pull up today's outline is on our app. And if for some reason you don't have a smartphone and you want uh, an outline, you can get one, a hard copy out at the info desk. But what I'm saying with that is if you're uh, here today and you missed an installment over the past several weeks, or maybe you'd like to say, I'd like to go back and listen to that. You can listen to that audibly. You can look at it by video, uh, whatever you'd like to do with that. But it has been an incredible series and I'm honored today to be able to wrap it up. Now today, what I'm going to talk about uh, is probably going to be a tough pill for everybody to swallow because of the time that we live in and the fast-paced generation we live in. But it comes from out of my own life, and I felt a very burden from God that I needed to share it with you because that is crucial in how that we live. So today, what I want to talk about is the power of self care. Because here's what I know, when it comes to physical health, it affects your body, your mind, and your soul it affects, it, it affects our entire being. And here's what I know. When it comes to self-care, some of you are already thinking. You're thinking, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm a single mom. I don't have time to take care of myself. I'm working this job, a side job, trying to take care of my kids. Or, or maybe you're here today and you're a person that, that you just started a business and you're doing everything you can do. You've poured your resources into it. You're pouring your time into it. And you're running wide open and you just don't have a lot of time to, to think about yourself. Or maybe your job is it's giving you overtime, and it is not it, it is not volunteer. It's mandatory. So it seems like you're getting up really early in the morning, you're coming home really late at night, and you're exhausted. Or maybe maybe you're kind of like this. You're in the sandwich generation. You're still taking care of your kids, but yet your parents are getting older, and you're doing best to, to help take care of them. And so we, we, what we end up doing a lot of times, we have all this stuff going on in whatever season in our life is, when we have those excuses, you know what it becomes? A lifestyle. You follow me on that? It becomes a lifestyle for what we're doing. We're always in a season of things that's going on, and we're all so busy. And we don't end up taking care of the body that God has given us. And that's what I'm going to talk about today because it's so important. You can't do the business. You can't take care of the kids. You can't work the overtime, and you can't keep the business and get it afloat. And whatever else it is, and take care of your parents if you don't have the health to do it. Are you following me? So that's what I want to talk about today because it's crucial in our lives. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you here— 
under the sound of my voice, when you started off in 2020, and this is not a, a catch question, but I want to ask you this. Maybe you're here, and I want to ask you to lift your hand if you will. When 2020 started, you either made a New Year's resolution or you had a goal that said that I am going to try to lose weight and eat better in 2020. Please raise your hand all across the auditorium. Quite a few of you did that last service as well. And that's what we try to do. But here's what ends up happening. We fall away from that. And you say, well, what do you mean? Well, let's, let's, let's think about this. The average American, grab this, eats right at 2,000 pounds of food a year. Okay? Get this. They swallow in this hole in your face about 142 pounds of sweetener. 42 pounds of that is corn syrup because they put corn syrup in everything okay you follow me that's what they do now grab this we eat about 62 and a half pounds of beef 46 and a half pounds of pork and almost 74 pounds of, pro of poultry which is mostly chicken okay there's 600 and over 600 pounds of dairy products grab this 29 pounds of french fries how many like French fries? Come on now. French fries people in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. 23 pounds of pizza. How many of you like your pizza, right? Oh, man, you some pizza people. Anyway, 24 pounds of ice cream in, a, in an average in a year, an American. Oh, 24 pounds. Grab this. You ain't going to believe this. The average American drinks one gallon of soda a week. Think about that, okay? So, why is that that we do like those things and we, we kind of, we have all those processes? What, what is that? Because we're busy. So that's why that there's a great success in this nation of 50,000 fast food restaurant chains. And the average American family eats out now five times a week. We spend over a billion dollars a year just on fast food alone, Okay. So with that being said, what, here's, here's my question. What would motivate us to be able to do all that we could do to be healthy? Would it be money? Well, sure, if you pay me, Pastor, I'll do whatever you want me to do if you pay me. Oh, really? Or would it be because of that person, you got your eye on that person that's sniffing around, you want to go out with them, you're thinking, I need to go to the gym, I need to eat right, I need to buff up and pump you up, or whatever it is. You're thinking about that significant other, you know, or maybe it's a situation to where you just think, I'd like to do that, and I'd love to be motivated to eat right and do better, but I'm not willing to give things up. What is it that you will not give up? Chocolate, right? Now, chocolate, think about chocolate. Let's get real with it. Chocolate is a vegetable. It, it's a cocoa bean. Am I not right? It's just how we jack it up with all of the dairy products we put in, all the sugar and all that. It is a vegetable. It's a cocoa bean. So I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. But here's what I know. Here's what people do. Sometimes the devil attacks us. Sometimes he attacks us and we want to blame him for the health that is wavering and going away. It's really easy for me to say, my health's going away. The enemy's attacking me. Yeah, it's really easy for us to be able to say that. When that it, it, and it's not always the devil. Here's what I want you to know. Sometimes it's just simply how that you and I make bad choices because we run so, face, so fast in this rat race 
It's why that that ends up happening and we don't do the right things that we need to do because we are running to work. We are running to the ball field. We are running over here to the family. We're doing all these things that we're doing and, and our body is telling us to slow down. So we don't ever slow down. We just simply go to the doctor and get a pill to put in our mouth in order to cover up what the symptoms are and you end up getting worse. Amen or oh me? You say, who are you talking to, Pastor? I'm talking to me first. Because if I point at you, I got three wiggling back at me. You follow me? So after the last several months of what I went through on my personal life, I would be disobedient to the Holy Spirit of God if I didn't share with you what God has convicted me of as your pastor. So is it okay we move forward in this? Can I, is it okay, church? Can we move forward in this? All right, all right. So, the question out of the gate here, does God care about what we eat and drink? If you agree with that, would you just lift your hand real high? God cares about what we eat and drink. If you did not raise your hand, He does care. And we're going to look at what the Bible says. He cares about what we put in the hole in our face, and He cares about whether we are active or not. He does, okay? So let's look at what Paul here told the church at Corinth. And you say, well, you say, well, why is this effective and what is the setting of this? Well, the setting is this. Shannon and I went to Corinth in Greece and I went there and what was amazing to me was the gym, the workout place. Now, it wasn't there, it's just the stone ruins. But when we were being taken through there with our tour guide, it was a big deal to the Corinthians about the races they were in and how that they stayed fit. They had saunas. It was amazing the technology that they had in those times. And they explained everything to us. So when Paul began to talk to the Corinthians, they were on board and understood what he was saying when he was meshing their mindset of taking care of their physical being into what God says about their physical being. So that's where we're going. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, beginning there. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? What he's saying is here, the moment that you give your heart to Christ, God lives in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the question is, who controls the body that we have in our lives? You do and I do, but it belongs to him. That's what he's saying. He goes on to say, you do not belong to yourself. What is Paul saying here? That you do not belong to yourself. Look at verse 20. It says, for God bought you with a what? What those two words say out loud? He bought you with a high price. High price meaning that Jesus bought you. He came here, he lived, and he died on a rugged cross to take care of the wages of sin for all of humanity. And let me say this, if you are here and you're not a Christian, you couldn't have picked a better day to be able to be here today. Jesus came to the earth. He put on skin. He lived here till he was 33 years old. He done more miracles than the, than the books could contain, is what, is what John said. And then he went to a cross. He gave his life, and they put him in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, the power of his father brought him out of that tomb and resurrected him. And that same power, you and I have the opportunity to access in our lives. So when it comes to this body that not only that he died for, he died for our soul, body, and mind, our entire being. So what do we do with it? Look at the next part of the sentence here. 
of the verse. It says, so you must honor God with your body. Another version says to glorify God with your body. Our bodies are to be used all times, not part of the time, not some of the time, not in particular seasons that we live in, but holistically in life, we are to give our bodies to God to honor and glorify Him. So therefore, it is my responsibility and it's your responsibility that we take care of it. That's where the power comes from God for self-care in our lives. But some of you right now, no doubt, you're, you're, you're giving me pushback and you're saying, hey, I, I can do whatever I want to, Pastor, with my body. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I can't argue with you, and I'll tell you, you're a free moral agent. God gives you free will to do that. But here's the big idea I want you to understand. Doing what you want with your body isn't freedom. It's being enslaved to your own desires. Think about that for a moment. We're slaves to the destruction, and that's what, what Jesus wants us to do with it. All of us have been given a body. We have been given certain gifts, certain talents, certain abilities, and God has given you the body that you right now have in order to make a difference, to bring Him honor, and to bring Him glory. Now, what does it really mean to honor God? What does it mean to glorify God? Now, Here's something that God spoke to my spirit this week, and it's not in the outline on the app, but it's going to be on screen. I want to ask you this question. How many people on this earth have left before it was their time because they did not take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, I don't know that number. But here's what I do know. God has given me stewardship of the vessel he's given me. And the question is, am I going to be a good steward of it? Or am I going to make excuses? So today, I want, to, I want to share a few things with you about caring for the temple that God lives in through the Holy Spirit. And the first and foremost, out of the gate, you got to thank God for your body. And some of you are thinking, man, you ain't got my body. <laughs> yeah. We got to thank God for our body because Psalm 139 and 14, look what it says. Thank you for making me so wonderfully, what's that word? Just think, God knows the count of hairs on your head. And if you don't have any hair, he knows the count of the brain cells in your brain, okay? He does. And so he goes on to say, your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. So what it's saying here, that you and I need to have an attitude of gratitude for the life, the body that God has given us. Now, the question is, what do you think about your body? Some of you might have been complaining about it, and you have bad thoughts about it. you got a bad attitude about it. There's a few thoughts I'll tell you. Stop rejecting your body. Some of you are thinking, God, you goofed. I don't like my body. Or it's a mistake. Or God, can you send it back? Hey, we come in all kinds of different sizes, red, yellow, black, or white. Every person made in the image of God is precious in his sight, and you need to own that. So stop rejecting the body that God has given you. Something else, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we want to do everything by perfecting our body. You know what makes me sick? Can I tell you? Say yes. I hate. <laughs> this is what makes me sick. I'm just getting real with you, okay? And I always will. I hate, on especially this time of the year, to go on Facebook, and you got everybody on there with their phones and on add a story going, And if that's you, uh, everybody thinks they got to perfect their body because they want to be some kind of image or whatever it is. I tell you what, 
How does God look at you? That's all you need to worry about. How God sees you, not the people on Facebook. It's just, it's really sad. We get into a point with the body, we go to the opposite spectrum of, the, of life, and we begin idolizing our bodies, and we begin worshiping our bodies. And never, ever does Scripture tell us that we worship ourselves. We worship Jesus Christ in spirit and truth. You guys are good. <laughs> but something else that I think a lot of people fall into is neglecting your body. We ignore our health, and we get careless. We don't think a lot about it. And I will tell you, God's son didn't die for you for you not to take care of you. He took care of your sins, but he wants you to take care of you because he's got a lot that he laid out to order your steps of your life that he wants you to do. It's so important. Another thing is, in, in caring for the temple, is that the discipline of change, it does have lasting gain. It really, really does. I'm not talking about a knee-jerk reaction with resolution, making a resolution here at first year. I'm talking about a lifestyle, okay? Proverbs 1 and 7 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. That is, when you're honoring Him and you're glorifying Him, you're honoring God, you have respect for Him, for the Lord, is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And some of you are thinking, why are we spending so much time on this, Pastor? Because the physical health that we have is very important. And here's what I will ask you, and I think you're going to agree with it. When we feel bad physically in our life, we don't feel like doing anything, do we? Raise your hand if you agree with me. And so that's what ends up happening a lot of times. We feel so terrible because it affects every area of our lives. So what do we need to do? We need to learn self-discipline and to maintain good health. Because Americans are guilty of taking costly drugs before making needed lifestyle changes. Over, and you know, what, you know what you end up doing? You get to running wide open, you go to the doctor. What does the doctor do? They don't tell you, you need to look at eating better. You need to look at exercising better. They do what most other medical people do. And they're going to put you on some drug which covers up the symptoms of what you're going through. And you get sicker. And you get sicker. And you get sicker. Now, here's what I want to tell you before you say... You don't believe in medicine. You want them holistic pastors. No, 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 no. Medicines are good. And I thank God that God has given the medical industry. Those of you here that I know personally that are in the medical industry and you're in that, God has given them to the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to make that. I have an underactive thyroid. If I don't take my medicine, I go wacky, okay? I take it every day since I was in my 30s. So medicine's good. But the problem is, is that there's so much of a multi-billion dollar corporations of pushing drugs that you don't think about your health and look to the direction of God. So you just, you just run it wide open. You just stick a pill in your mouth and go, you know, let me take my pills. <laughs> let me take my pills. I talked to somebody here a while back, same age as me. You know how pills they told me they were taking? A week? Over 100. Over 100 a week. What do you think that's doing to that individual's liver? Sad. There's an estimated 160 million people in America that's either obese or overweight. And here's what's really, there's lawsuits for stadium seats. There's lawsuits for airplane seats. And, and one out of three kids are considered overweight and obese. And I do know before you have pushed back with this here, I realize 
in all of our lives that there are genetic issues, there's medical issues, and there's glandular issues. I know that. But the fact of it is, and if you can disagree with me on this, you can find me after service. We eat too much, and we eat too much of the wrong things. Can you say amen? Thank you. So what do you do? You need to balance your diet. When people say diet, they automatically think, oh my gosh, I've got to eat raw cabbage for the rest of my life. That's not what I'm talking about. Diet is simply what you're eating, good or bad. That's your diet. That's what it is. And what that means by that is, it's, 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 it's either you're eating good and bad. It's about quality and it's about quantity. Do you eat a balanced diet? Or are you just about a seafood diet? Everything you see, you eat. Whatever food it is, you know? That's what a lot of people are these days. You know, um, so... This kind of got impressed on me because I just went through here while back. Those of you that don't know it, I went to the hospital back in November. My blood pressure got way out of control. I tried to eat right and I exercised and all that stuff, but not to the degree I need to. And so I got under conviction about this and I found out I had aortic aneurysm. Several of you here told me that you had those. I can't do anything about that, whether it's genetic or what's my health lifestyle. But what I can do is think about today and from this point forward, what I'm going to do with my life. And that's what I've been convicted about. And that's what I wanted to share with you. So I went into scriptures and I began to look how that you can be healed through eating. And, and the biggest thing I saw was this went what Daniel did. And it blew my mind. You know, if you want to do it, but Daniel 1, here it is. Daniel and his friends, they're, they're in captivity in Babylon. And, and they were going to be trained over several years. I think it's three years to be able to serve the king's court. And they were going to be having the ones to eat the king's food. And, and a lot of them is like a cupbearer. They eat it before the king does in order to make sure if he kills them, good. Don't kill the king because they ate it first, right? But anyway, that's what Daniel's going to do. So when it comes time for him to be able to do that, he's, he, under his own conviction, he did not want to eat, eat the rich king's food, right? So he tells his direct report and says, I don't want to eat the food. He says, if you don't eat the food, Daniel, he might just behead me, is what the scripture says. But he ended up making an agreement, and he said, let us eat vegetables and water for 10 days, and we'll go from there and come back with me. After 10 days, scripture tells us that he said himself of Daniel, his direct report, he said, you look better and you look more healthy. And you say, well, what's the point? I'm not telling you that you all have got to go off the deep end and eat raw vegetables and water for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that. But here's what I will ask you. What is going to be better for your life that you're going to eat? Is it going to be this big bag right here, a barbecue, sweet mesquite barbecue, party size, flavored chips? So which one of you had rather have this? Raise your hand. Okay. Which one of you'd rather have this wonderful cauliflower here? Right. So it's about split up. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Which one does Scripture say is best for us? This one or this one? We have a choice every day of our lives what we're going to put in this hole in our face. You say, Pastor, have you ever ate the potato chips? Yes, I have. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like and be a, be a hypocrite, okay? But here's what I do know, is that we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker in this nation that we live in. And if you want to be able to make a difference in your life, look at the lifestyle of your own self. Look at the lifestyle of your children. And you know what's so good about this cauliflower? I told Shannon to get this for me, and she did. I can't wait to get home because you know what I do? I break it up raw, and I put hummus on it, and it is absolutely to die for. Woo! Rick Flair moment. 
Listen, you can have, somebody can have a bag of chips now. I don't care anything about it. Don't you touch my cauliflower, okay? So, about a quarter of Americans eat more than two vegetables a day. About a third of Americans eat more than one fruit a day. So the rest of us, we're not doing that. We're eating processed foods. And here's, here's the bottom line to it. You even have got to establish, you got to establish new convictions before temptations arise. If you want to have a great, healthy life as best as you can. We get into trouble when we have not decided in advance to be disciplined. Shannon and I try our best always, eat before you go to the grocery store. If it don't, we spend twice as much. You just, well, I just start opening up stuff in the grocery store before I get up or can you pay for this? Here's an empty package. I've done that before. Don't laugh. You've, some of you have done it too. Make disciplined decisions when you eat out. Eating out is, a, is the number one problem for Americans. We eat out five times a week. So when you eat out, Oh, they got them wonderful commercials. Give me my baby back, baby back, baby back. Give me my baby back. You know, and all the stuff that goes with it, you know. But uh, so I just want to challenge you. Not only try to balance your diet and look at that, think about that, but commit to regular exercise. There's no doubt in my mind that most of you are convinced, but you're not committed. At least walk, do something. It's just so important. And did you know in the Bible times they were very active, okay? In the Bible times they walked everywhere they went, right? What do we do? We drive everywhere we go, right? In the Bible times, their food was very natural. In our days, it's processed. In the Bible times, it was a tension-free society. Our days, our day that we live in is a stretch-out society. So it just ends up messing up your body with a cortisol and all that with that. So you say, well, how do you know you're out of shape? I can tell you when you're out of shape. It's when your knees buckle and your belt won't. I'll tell you when you're really out of shape. It's when you see your neighbor running and you're hoping and praying they fall and break an ankle. <laughs> True story. You, you, some people think like that. It's just sad. But there's a lot of excuses. And here's what people say. I just don't have time. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This is for me first. I eat this first. We'll either make time to try our best to eat right and exercise or I promise you, we'll make time for sickness. And I hope and pray you take that to heart. So important. Another thing is, is to get and guard that ample rest. Me and my wife, if we don't get eight hours of rest, we'll argue. Seriously, we will. Well, then we know, but we have to have eight hours of rest. We're old folks. We go to bed early and we get up at 4.30 or 5. You say, well, I don't even know. I'm still snoozing and dreaming. And that done. Anyway, guard that rest. It's so important. When my girls were at home, let me tell you what. I took their cell phones away from them because I knew they would keep texting and not get the rest. Now, let me say this to you. Those of you that got kids and they got phones, don't you go and use me for no excuse to take that phone. Pastor T said I had to take that phone. Give me that phone. Don't you do that. That's not fair to me. That's just what we did with them. But think about your own life. You take your phone, you're looking at it, you're scrolling social media, you're up looking something up, or TV, some of the biggest robbers it is of your health. And some people are really out of this. If they just got eight hours of sleep, it would be on the road to a great recovery for their, their life. It's funny how, how that we do. We get caught up in those cycles, and it's just insanity, right? Doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting different results. Look at James, what he said here in chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. 
I'll exercise tomorrow. I'll start eating right tomorrow. I'll lose weight tomorrow. I'll look for a job tomorrow. I'll start dreaming again tomorrow. I'm going to start that business tomorrow. And you blink. And next thing you know, you're in a midlife crisis. And what James is saying, it's about today, not tomorrow. Because it's not here yet. One of the funniest things I've ever read is I went to eat here at a Mexican restaurant in town, and I'm paying for my meal, okay? And it said, free margaritas tomorrow. If you come back the next day, what does this say? Free margaritas tomorrow. Come back the next day, it says, free margaritas. Because I know tomorrow never gets there. I'm not making a point that you drink margaritas. I'm making a point that tomorrow is not going to get here because today's today, okay? That's what it is. And so you've got to make that decision, and that's what James is telling us here. And it's so sad, you know. Why should I take care of my body for God? Look what it says in verse 15. What, what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. So we take care of our body for what reason? Because God wants me to be healthy. And, and basically when I'm healthy, some people say, well, God wants me to be healthy. Then God will make me healthy. No, he expects you to take care of what he's given you stewardship over, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Something else is vitally important. It's praying and fasting. And some of you are saying, honey, can you get your purse? We're going to slip out of here. He's gone crazy now. No. I said praying and fasting. Did you know that in God's Word, when Jesus spoke in Matthew 16 and verse 16, listen to what he says. Listen to this first part. He says, and when you fast, he didn't say, if you fast. He said, when you fast. So Jesus' words is implying that fasting will be a regular practice of his followers. Now, if you're not a Christian, you can lean out, check your Facebook post, see if it got any likes yet. But I'm talking to the Christians right at the moment. It is to be a regular practice, and that's what he's expecting of his followers. So what you do when you're praying and you're fasting, you're shutting out the world so you can get full of God. We're so busy. We got our iPhone. We got our work. We got our kids. We got our business. We got our hobbies. We got this. We got that. We don't never shut out the world so we can get full of God. No wonder we don't have strength to do the things that we need to do that will glorify and honor His, His glory. We just don't do it. I'm not saying you got to do all these things at once, but He's saying that we need to be doing them. It's a regular part of our lives. Listen to this. Fasting and praying, you're going to gain strength that you need in every area of your life, in, ever, in order to have an endeavor and a strength and a discipline to do those things in life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, he said this, Jesus takes it for granted that his disciples will observe the pious custom of fasting. Strict exercise of self-control is the essential feature of the Christian life. Such customs have only one purpose— to make the disciples more ready and cheerful to accomplish those things which God would have done, end of quote. Then Wesley Duell, a 20th century writer, said this. 
He said, you have, you and I have no more right to omit fasting because we feel no spiritual or emotional prompting than we have the right to omit prayer, Bible reading, or assembling with God's children for the lack of some special emotional prompting. Fasting is just as biblical and normal part of the spiritual walk in obedience with God as are these others, end quote. There's a lot of great reasons to be disciplined about the things we're talking about today. Physical reasons are I'm going to feel better because I know we've all agreed that we feel bad. And when we feel bad, we don't feel like doing anything. But whenever you begin to think about the vessel, the temple that God has given you, and you begin to take care of it, you're going to feel better. You're going to have fewer pains. You're going to be more alert. You're not going to be depressed in your life. Something else that's important about the physical aspect of our body is that we will end up not only feeling better, but we're going to look better. We're going to feel better about ourselves. We're going to have more confidence. We're going to be stronger. It's going to help our complexions and all those things. That's what makes a difference. See, a lot of us men, we have furniture problem. Our chest is dropped into our drawers. I can pick on the men because I'm a man. Honestly. Something else is not only you feel better and you look better, but you're going to live longer. There's all kinds of studies that says this, that you will live longer if you begin to take care of yourself with your diet and your exercise. That doesn't mean you get hit by a car. God forbid there's people that are healthy and do the things we're talking about and they died early. There's people that's gotten cancer doing these things. How can I explain that? I can't. That's, that's between God and them. But because I make a conscious decision to not do it, that I'm not honoring God. I'm not glorifying God. Therefore, I won't be able to live out the purpose that God has for me in my life. And, and, and so here's the deal. Spiritual reasons are most of all. God made our body. We've talked about that. And his character went into every creation of every human being. So we need to have as much respect for ourselves as what God did going in to create every single one of us because we are unique and complex. Something else in the spiritual reason, Jesus paid for our bodies. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for me and you, your soul, and your body. And so physical fitness is a stewardship issue for our bodies, our own loan. Jesus paid for our bodies, and he died for our bodies, and God created our bodies. But another strong spiritual issue is the fact that the Holy Spirit, God's presence, lives in our body. And if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God lives within you. And so if God made my body, Jesus died for my body, and the Holy Spirit lives in my body, I want you to understand that we need to do our very best to make our temple worthy of Him living in. Three of you agreed with me. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So one more thing. I know it's a lot to swallow, but it's the truth. I'll either tell you the truth or I won't be up here. I won't be up here. Last thing in caring for the temple, give God complete control of you. Of you. Not some of the time, not part of the time, not different. Give him complete control of you. Because look at what Ephesians 2 and 10, very famous verse says. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the, what's those next two words? Good things he planned for us long ago. The bottom line to it is if you don't get nothing else out of what I've told you today and shared with you from my heart and from the anointing of the Spirit of God, don't trash the temple. You're a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. You're not junk. 
We need to take care of our very lives that he has given us. The temple isn't an object of worship. It is a place of worship. Many people worship their bodies. They're trying to look good and be all that. But it's not an object of worship. Our bodies is a place of worship. And God is saying, keep it clean for me. How many of you would like it if somebody out there, they came in and they had, was eating something and just threw trash on the floor. They came in and grabbed the trash cans and just started dumping the trash all over the church and just doing that. How many of you, would that upset you that they'd done it to Freedom Church here? Raise your hand. Say, that would upset me. Then why do we do it to ourselves as a lifestyle? Why do we trash our lives as a lifestyle. See, why do we do that to our bodies? Why do we abuse his house, his temple? Why do we gorge ourselves with alcohol and drugs and we gorge ourselves with medicines that not all of them are needed? See, many people live a life with guilt and worry and bitterness and anger and fear, and they still expect to be in great health. And to be in great health, God expects us to do that for his temple and do the very best we can. And then when we do the best we can, the rest is up to God. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 in the message. It says, you realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God, and God himself is present in you. No one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. You can be sure of that. God's temple is sacred, and you, remember, are the temple. You know, uh, when I realized the health situation that I was in last fall, I began to think, um, you know, and what's funny, and I didn't tell us in the last week, but I'll tell y'all. My wife on Enneagram's a five. I'm an eight. Okay, go figure. So she does all this research, and she comes to me, and she's telling me, she says, Terrell, John Ritter died of aortic aneurysm that burst. Um, they didn't know he had it and all that kind of stuff. And Terrell, John Ritter was born the same day you are, September 17th. I said, stop, that's enough. I don't want to hear anything else. She is a research queen. I love her for it. But I, I really did begin to think, you know, having that, you know, whether it was genetic or I did it to myself, what if? How many of you ever think, what if? I'd already talked to uh, some of the elders here at the church and said, what if? And this is what I asked you to do if what if, if something happened. I began to think about my wife and how much I love her dearly. And here's what sucks. I'm just going to say the word. I'm six years older than her, so there's a good chance she's going to be gone and be a widow. I'd like to at least extend it a little bit, okay? Because we love doing life together. I began to think about my daughters 
And I've raised them, they'll be fine. I got three good husbands. But I thought, man, I don't get the opportunity. Something happened because I didn't take care of what I've got. I wouldn't get to speak in their lives. And then I began to think about my grandchildren. I mean, man, I don't know what kind of water my three daughters are drinking, but man, they're plopping them out everywhere, okay? I'm just saying. You know, God just did a miracle in Arden's life, uh, Lily and Cody's um, third child. And, and then uh, Jared and Chloe, um, Ellie's 13 months and she got a sister and, and, uh, and my grandchildren are, are better than anybody's. Uh, and just like you, your grandchildren are better than anybody's. But here's uh, Maggie that come into the world, Chloe and Jared's second one. They're going to show a picture of her. She's uh, a beautiful baby girl, Magnolia uh, Belle Pettigo. There she is. And uh, thank God for her. Yes, you can clap, because I'm going to clap for her. But um, then I began to think about you guys. And I began to think about my church family. And I thought, God would take care of my family, but God has given a, a great call on my family and a great call for our church family. And I thought, what would I do? I mean, God called me to do this and, and to lead you guys so that you can become everything God created you to be. And we do that together. And we chase hell with water pistols, people. Come on now. That's what we do. And um, so I, I had to make some conscious decisions about myself. And um, I want to be here for you. As long as God allows me to. Because I love every one of you. And I want to do the best I can to help you become everything God created you to be. And not only that, we want to reach everybody who can. It's why we exist, to reach people to know God. That's why we exist, church. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about him and bringing him glory and honor with the temple and the vessel that he's given us. So a couple of questions. It's not in your outline, but it's going to be on the screen. Are you using your life to partner with the local church to help people get into heaven? Are you doing that? Because if you're not, you've got a grand opportunity to do that. We cannot make you. I may beg you, but it's your choice that we fill up heaven and we shun a place called hell. But that's something else I'll ask you. Are you enjoying you? Are you enjoying you? Are you enjoying your career, your work? Are you enjoying your relationships? Are you enjoying your family? Are you enjoying where you live? Are you enjoying the relationship you have with God to be able to become what He created you to be? See, you can never have optimum health in your life until you pay attention to the spiritual, physical, emotional, and spiritual, those dimensions of your life. You've got to pay attention to them. So your physical health, it affects every area of my life and yours. we got to realize our bodies are on loan. It's a gift from God. We all want to have peace of heart. and We want to have peace of mind. We want to have a clear conscience. We want to know that we've got purpose in our lives. So it's very urgent to understand that we are all on our way to dying. And time is running out. It's not just a soul, but it's also our bodies. Did you know the CDC stat says that Americans, when it comes to men, men are going to die average at 76. Women are going to die average at 81. 
And then whenever we do check out and we check in, we're going to stand before God Almighty. And I believe there's going to be a couple of questions. I believe he's going to look at us and he's going to say, what would you do with my son? And hopefully you already know that you've given your heart to Jesus Christ. You have had your name put in the book in heaven and you've got reservations. That deal is done. But I believe there's something else that comes behind that. And that's what did you do with the life? That is the body that I have given you to make a difference in this world. What did you do with it? Was it all about you and what you wanted to do? Or did you make it about understanding that I have gifted you? I have given you talents and, and abilities and leadership. And I've given you all of these different things to help people get into heaven through partnering with the local church. Are you doing that? I believe that'll be a question for us. I think some of you don't even realize the potential you've got right here in this room. How God has uniquely formed you and knit the sinew of your bones and your being together to make an amazing difference in somebody's life that I'll never meet. Or somebody that God has put me together in, in, in my life that I will be able to, to serve them and love them that you'll never meet. The potential is beyond reasoning in our minds. Just like all of the wonderful volunteers that serve here at Freedom Church, let's give them a hand. You're amazing. Thank you for serving outside of yourself. If I do anything just for me, I'm not going to experience joy. It just won't happen. Take what you've got and use it. Quit focusing on that which you don't have. So how do you get there? Look what it says in Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that will be, that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That transformation, the root of this is metamorphosis. You die out and you come alive just like a worm in a cocoon becomes a beautiful butterfly. That transformation, that's what salvation is. It's the wholeness of our lives, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, socially. It's all those things together. So could you, could you imagine how different this world would be, would be as, if us as believers would stop complaining and stop making excuses and move into action of what our great God could do by the gifts he's given us in the temple for his glory and God. Could you imagine what we could do together and how lives would be changed and bonds would be broken and addictions will be done away with and people will find hope and they will find joy and they will find peace in the glory of Almighty God because we made a change today. Stop worrying about what you don't have and take what you have and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm starting today. I give you all of me. My life is not my own. It's yours. And I'm going to let you have it for your glory. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we are so blessed that we were able to even get out of the bed and make our way 
to this beautiful church today. God, you have given us our bodies and we need to thank you for it, Heavenly Father. God, we need to understand that, God, that we need to start taking care of the gift of life you've given us to bring you honor and glory. As we're praying, I want to ask you a question. How many of you would be willing to admit to God Almighty? And I'm going to pray for all of us. But would you admit, how many of you would just leave your hand and admit, I have not been being the good steward that God would have me to be with the life he's given me? Would you lift your hand real high and say, I, God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your vulnerability to do that. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for all of these, God, that whenever we get tired, we get fatigued, we get unhappy with ourselves, God, and we're not making the choices we need to as a lifestyle, not just a knee-jerk reaction, God, I pray, God, for strength, God, for every person here, every one of us, God that we give you not only our bodies to take care of it and eating right and exercise and a lifestyle, but God, our body, everything that we're steward over, our finances, our talents, our gifts, God, they're yours. So may we thank you for it. God, give us strength for that discipline for change, Heavenly Father. And God, may it start today, Lord. And may you revive the dreams that may have been long gone in our lives, Heavenly Father. It's your temple. It's for your glory, Heavenly Father. Maybe you're here and the first start of change starts with inviting Christ in your life. And maybe you already know that you haven't invited Christ in your life. That's why you're here today. It's because Jesus wants to come in your heart. He wants to reside in the temple that he's given you in your body. It begins with you realizing that you need him in your heart. And so right now, if you feel the power of conviction in your heart, that is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I call it the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And so if he's convicting you right where you're at today, it's time for you to ask the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to be the King and Lord of your life. So if you believe that he is knocking on your heart, I invite him into your soul and just tell him, say, Lord, I didn't realize it was your temple. I asked you to come into my heart. Just tell him that. Say, God, I, I don't want to live like this any longer. Lord, take this guilt, take this shame, take this worry, take this fear, take this anger. Most of all, just tell them, say, Lord, take away the sin, the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me, Lord. Tell him that for my sins. Tell him, say, I, I want to repent. That means I'm going to turn and I'm not going back to these things. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. truly know that happened in your life and all of a sudden you feel that peace, that joy, that love, that purpose, that clear conscience, thank him for what he's done because he's coming into your heart. And I want to tell you, if that happened to you, I want to meet you personally over there in a the connection center. Come to me. I want to meet you and I want to hear what God has done in your life. Now, if you, you're having a cut out of here and you know that and you just, you got an appointment, you got a family, you got to pick up a child, whatever it is, take that card out of the back of the seat and fill it out so that we can see it and put on there, I gave my life to Jesus today. We're going to follow up with you. If you're here and you need prayer, 
Don't leave here burdened. Don't leave here hurting. Come to the Connection Center. All of our prayer warriors are going to be in there, and they want to pray with you that you have the peace of Almighty God in your soul no matter what you're going through. So what we need to do right now is just say, thank God for these amazing bodies you've given us. May we use them for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. And thank you, God, for our temples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's give him glory, church, okay? Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, what next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.